loan officers. Join the mortgage calculator as an MLO for unlimited mortgage leads and up to 250 BPS compensation. So welcome everyone. My name is Kyle Hershey. I'm the COO of the Mortgage Calculator, joined here by our president, Nick Hershey, and our sales manager, Jose Gonzalez. We are a correspondent lender that specializes in non-QM loans. And what we do on Tuesdays and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern is do these loan officer trainings. Now we have a different topic for every day. And today's topic is the loan process from start to finish. So pretty broad here. But again, if you're a newer loan officer, this is extremely important to pay attention to. And even if you are a seasoned loan officer, it's nice to see how everything works. And we're going to talk a little bit about how everything works here as well, specific to us. So that'll be good for everybody. So Jose, 28 years of experience in the business. I think he knows how the loan process works from start to finish. So I'll turn it over to you, Jose. How's everybody doing this evening? Thank you for joining us for what I consider uh, one of the most important trainings that we do here, right? I am incorporating a little bit out of uh, our usual here for our Tuesday night training. I'm incorporating a little bit of our own proprietary processes here into the mix as a benefit to uh, those that are watching that are on our team and as an added benefit to those who are watching that would want to be in our team after they see how we really simplify and streamline this process. And very importantly, how we instill our, in our team the need to always add value to the transaction. Because one of the um, things that's very important to us, I would say an intertwining thread of our corporate philosophy is the importance of adding value to the transaction, especially in these trying times when borrowers will be looking for the consummate professional to help walk them through what is becoming more and more difficult transactions, right? they It's not just about the rate. Rate is important. We have great rates at the mortgage calculator, but more importance is dealing with a loan consultant and not an application taker. Application takers are like the dinosaurs. They're extinct or quickly becoming extinct. So let's get right into going over navigating the mortgage loan process from lead to closed loan. Real important here. So as we can see our loan officer there, right? What is the importance of the loan officer in the mortgage loan process? So the loan officer should complement technology to ensure a sustainable and satisfying career by, and remember what complement means, add to. We're not talking about complementing somebody. We're talking about complementing a process, right? They're adding to the process. By making sure their training is up to date, always wearing their consultant hat, thereby, like I was just saying, adding value. Go beyond being an application taker. At the mortgage calculator, we fully approve the borrower by taking into consideration all applicable loan options. That means 
We're going to review all pertinent docs rather than just pre-qualifying the borrower. We don't believe in pre-qualification. We believe in a pre-approval. The only thing that should hold you back, that that borrower back from closing on the loan after you're done pre-approving them is the fact that they may not yet have a property under contract, but they are locked and loaded to close. So you're going to work closely with your loan processor in all underwriting conditions, and you're going to be prepared to assist closing with any needed docs. Now, these are the topics I'm going to expand on in this presentation. So gathering pertinent data during the initial call with the borrower, right? So we're assuming you already got the lead. It's your lead. Customer has responded to your call. You're on the call. This is the moment to build rapport, right? You want to go beyond the obvious. You're not just looking to get in and out of that call as soon as possible. So besides the obvious questions you're going to ask about credit, you want to ask about property type and any issues that may exist. Is there a non-conforming use of the property? Is the property intact? I mean, I'm looking at a photo right now, one of our MLOs sent over on a refi where the house doesn't have a kitchen. That's a that's either a rehab loan, a fixed flip loan, but certainly not a regular refi loan. So you definitely want to ask about those property type and issues that may exist. How does your borrower report income? Are they self-employed, salaried, hourly? Is there variable income such as overtime, bonus, tips, commission? Those are all things that you have to consider when you're putting together the the quote for them, you know, you're going to look for different options, right? Do not assume that they are only interested in, this is very important, and obviously licensing permitting, right? Do not assume that they're only interested in the, in the ad program that they responded to, because you will want to send them quote options for as many options that may be out there besides the one that they asked for. So if it's the SCR, but they told you they're self-employed and you have a license in that state, you're also going to send them quotes for a bank statement option, a profit and loss option, and of course, a full doc option as well, because you never know. We've had DSCR calls where they ended up going full doc. They just thought DSCR was a cool program. They wanted to find out more about it. But when the dust settled, we ended up going full doc. So don't make any assumptions. And remember, for your DSCR loans, investor experience and primary home ownership as well, or primary housing expense, are key components to determine. Make sure you send quotes to the borrower. Now, this is where at the mortgage calculator we give you great tools. You can either send them via the caveman way, right? Uh, you're going to send an email with the information or you're going to use our proprietary technology to send out the quotes. They look like that. Really cool when they get them, right? It has all sorts of actionable items, including that amazing start my loan application button. So the quotes you send out will either be correspondent quotes or they're going to be brokered quotes, which would be a manual entry since th those don't price through the Optima Blue API in our technology. 
do not, under any circumstance, for a correspondent, quote, ask the account executives of any particular investor about pricing where we are the lender. You, you can reach out to them when they're the broker asking them about pricing, but when we are the lender, all pricing questions should be directed to our lock desk. So like I mentioned, send as many quote options as possible, licensing permitting. So you have to determine also, as you once you send all these quotes out and after you review guidelines and the you know quotes that the customer uh, decided that they liked, make sure that you're clear on what channel, business channel, you're going to be operating in. Are we going to be operating as a non-delegated correspondent where we are the lender, we generate the documents, we fund the loan, we disclose the loan and we close it, or are we going to be operating in the wholesale channel where we are the broker, they are the lender, they disclose the loan, they generate documents, they fund the loan, everything is in their name, like the appraisal, title, and insurance, as opposed to the non-correspondent, non-delegated correspondent channel, where we're the lender and appraisals in our name, title is in our name, and insurance is in our name. So really important to determine which channel. The good thing is that at the mortgage calculator, we give you the option to operate on either the non-delegated correspondent channel where we're the lender or the wholesale channel where we are the broker, thereby giving you a much larger footprint to operating in, operate in, which means more loans for you. Now, let's get into dotting I's and crossing T's, right? As the heading says there, a complete loan application is essential to complete the pre-approval process. So we don't do pre-qualifications here at the mortgage calculator. We uh, basically have our borrowers uh, submit an application, whether it's for a TBD pre-approval or whether they're whether they're already on the contract and have a property. We're going to do a complete loan application as part of our pre-approval process in either case. So either the customer is going to click start my loan application on the quote, or after discussing it with you, you're with them on the phone, they tell you, yeah, Jose, that's the one that I want. You click the start loan tab in the CRM, which then sends them the email to start their loan application. And very importantly, gives you the opportunity then to custom tailor the documents on that application that they're going to complete, right? So that you get the correct documents. So you're not going to send them a document pack for a full doc convention alone if they're doing a DSCR loan. So again, keep an eye on that. The proper pre-approval is going to require the review of all pertinent loan documents. If it's agency, it culminates with an automated underwriting approval. And if it's non-QM, requires review of the guidelines. So again, on the agency loans, remember that you run those through your loan system. We're actually running them now. We just uh, did that through 
CRM. You need to get an approve eligible in order to be able to issue the pre-approval letter for an agency loan. And you need to get the make sure on the non-QM loan that you have reviewed all the guidelines and that the customer meets all the guidelines for that loan. And then you can issue the pre-approval letter. So you're going to disclose your file with, within the TRID timeline, right? Very important. You know, we have three days to disclose a file once it is triggered, when all the pieces of, infor of information are complete. Please make sure that your loan application milestone is complete. Once your file is disclosed, our intake processor will register and submit your loan to underwriting. You do not need to do that yourself. So what is the process after the disclosures are signed? Well, you need to have a meeting of the minds with your loan processor as soon as the file is assigned. You need to make sure that all necessary services are ordered. You're going to order appraisal, title, any necessary credit supplements, insurance, a written verification of employment if it's a full doc loan and you have commissions or bonuses or overtime. So again, order all your services. Request your pro assistance from your processor as needed. Identify any issues and request documents as needed. And again, update the document pack and send requests to borrowers using the send document needed tab. A clear communication with the borrower and processing are key to success in this situation here in this part of the process. Once you do get your loan approval, remember, once underwriting, whether it's non-DEL or wholesale, approves your loan, they will provide a conditional loan approval you will work all of the conditions in your loan operating system. Make sure that you work closely with the processor and with the borrower to obtain all needed documents to satisfy the loan conditions. You always want to make sure that you submit 100% of conditions when possible. Do not piecemeal the conditions. Underwriters really do not want you to send them one at a time. If you need any clarifications on the conditions, you could reach out to the account executive or the underwriter with any clarifications needed. You can dispute any conditions that are not valid, and we will assist you then to escalate that condition to determine if it is or is not valid. We management will assist you with that. And remember to let your processor know when all of your conditions uh, have been uploaded for review. That's very important. If you don't let them know that you submitted conditions for review, they'll just be sitting there waiting as will you. So remember to click submit to underwriting on your conditions. It is at this point of the process that you have to remember uh, to monitor your changes of circumstance. Right? A change of circumstance and a loan estimate redisclosure 
needs to be sent out within three days of being identified, right? So do not kill your deal by missing a change of circumstance and possibly managing your loan being able to close. Some examples of changes of circumstance are a rate lock, a rate lock extension, any increase in fees, a difference in the valuation, the appraisal valuation, a difference in income, basically lower income on the 1007 of the appraisal, or any additional service not disclosed that may be required, such as a survey, an appraisal reinspection, or a second appraisal. Again, failure to send out the redisclosure may result in a tolerance cure and also may result in your loan being not sellable, which would result in your loan not being able to close. Remember to also request your initial CD at least three days prior to the closing. This is a requirement, trid requirement, so don't leave it for the last minute. We do have the law firm that handles all closing disclosures. You do request a CD via the CRM, via the request CD tab, which will then send the request to our closing manager, which will review it. And if everything is in order, all your invoices are in, all your services are complete, we would then send the request for completion, in which case then the CD will be drafted will be sent to the loan officer for review and approval, and once approved, gets sent out to the borrower for signature, for e-signature. Please make sure that you have the borrower sign as soon as possible. As the clock, the three-day clock starts ticking, only when they sign, not on the day that it was sent. So unlike the loan estimate, where we use the delivery date, the date that it was sent to the customer. In the CD, we use the date that they actually signed the document. So once your file does get clear to close, your processor or management will move the milestone for you to the clear to close. Make sure then at this point that you will be working together with your processor to, to clear or finish the clear to, close, clear to close milestone so that the closing docs can be ordered. And once you are clear to close, you will click the request final docs for closing, in which case then the order will be processed. But in order for this to happen, Again, you must be clear to close. The initial CD must have been signed. A final 1003 has to have been uploaded into Compass, and you must have a valid closing date. At this point, then, you will start seeing a series of emails going back and forth between the title company, between the attorneys that generate our packages, and between our closing manager, right? So if they need any assistance from you, they will let you know. Don't just arbitrarily jump in there, uh, but they will let you know if there's any pre-funding condition 
uh, that they need or any funding condition that, excuse me, that they would need. So anything needed there, be on the lookout for any additional docs that they request from you. Very importantly also is post-closing conditions, right? The loan officer is going to have to assist the closing department with any post-closing conditions. What are some common requests for post-closing conditions? Well, sometimes when we're looking at the clear to close, we will see document expiration dates. Maybe your pay stubs expired and you need some new pay stubs. Maybe your bank statements expired and you need some updated bank statements. Maybe they're missing some COC, the Notice of Change Circumstance document, or signed LEs that may be in the LOS. And for whatever reason, they didn't find it. It could be proof of the appraisal delivery. So there's a lot of different documents when the closing department is dotting their I's and crossing their T's so that we can make sure that this loan is purchased. And then lastly, once it does close, make sure that you follow up with the borrowers because remember, you want to get referrals from them in the future. You don't want to be one and done. So you want to call your borrower, email them, you know, the day after closing, congratulate them, send some type of a housewarming gift, put yourself on some kind of a follow-up plan so that you don't just squander all of the goodwill that you have built up with the borrower to get it to closing. You want them to remember you, especially right now, so that they can refer you any business from from their sphere of influence or for any future business that they may have. And as you do know, we work with a lot of investors that do multiple transactions. They could be doing that cash out refi to buy two or three other properties. So make sure that you leave them with a good impression so that they can call you when they next need your lending services. All right. Nice, short and sweet run through there. Didn't want it to go all night. Uh, There's some couple questions here. Natasha is asking there in the chat. You want to pull it up. When someone's house burns down, like a few friends in Maui, if they want to go beyond construction and want to add on a build or add on a rental, what can I tell them? Whoa, well, I mean, that question really is going to depend more on the insurance coverage. You know, I mean, are you, because if their house burned down, they're going to have insurance for that. The insurance is going to rebuild the home the way it was before, right? So I'm not really sure how to relate, relate this question to loans, but definitely this sounds more like an insurance question. Yeah, so I guess the other part of the question was that, Nick, the other question here is also many on the island are bank statements, but also W-2. How does that work? So how does does bank statements, people with bank statements and W-2s work? Well, uh, they're both full doc loans now. Again, W-2, that could be either agency loan or that could be a non-QM loan. Bank statement loans, just like profit and loss loans, the borrower needs to be self-employed. 
So once you've identified that a borrower is self-employed, then they could either go they could go full doc using tax returns and W-2s or pay stubs. They could go full doc using bank statements. They could go full doc using uh, profit and loss reports. It's basically it. You would just then look at all the different. We have so many different bank statement loan options. And each one of them has different guidelines. So at that point, depending on the credit score of your of your borrower, depending on the property type, loan to value, a number of different factors that would determine which would be the best guideline to use. It's not just about the rate and who has the lowest rate, but who has the guideline that's most applicable to your borrower. And again, your question is very general in nature. I'm trying to focus it directing it to loans by letting you know, uh, you know bank statement loans are for self-employed borrowers only and look at all the guidelines because they're all different. I guess part of the question really is, can you mix W-2 and bank statement on the same? Uh, yes, with some options. Again, some of our conduits out there uh, have guidelines that allow uh, a bank statement borrower to also have W-2. Like we have we have some that allow one borrower in one loan to use bank statement, W-2, and profit and loss if they have you know, a couple of different businesses all in the same loan. So again, that does really vary from option to option. And there's others that are just strictly bank statements only. So again, it's a general question that I'm trying to tweak it for you and answer it in what I think that they wanted to, to find out. Yeah. And I think Natasha's just saying here too, uh, I guess what I was asking is after the rebuild, can they also get a construction loan to build it better? It really would be a separate thing, right, Jose? So now they're, they're, their insurance rebuilt their house. Okay. Now we got a new house. I guess then the question is, do they want to refinance that new house to put an addition onto it or, you know, so I, I guess this is a question for after right. insurance builds the house back. But I mean, it really depends on the funds that the person has because the insurance is going to give you a certain amount of money based on rebuilding what was already there. If the borrower has additional money and instead wants to embark on a more complicated project, I would imagine that's fine as long as they have the money for the difference at that point. It could be a little complicated in terms of, okay, are you going to go get a construction loan at that point when the house was built down and, and just get a loan for everything? Use part of the insurance program. It's going to get a little complicated because, you know, the, the insurance is going to pay it out, but they're not just going to give you like one lump sum and here you go. You know, they're going to want to make sure that the process is done properly and that the house is rebuilt, at least what they pay for is done properly. Yeah, so definitely it's a complicated question. Yeah. I don't see any other questions, but uh, appreciate that, Jose. Yeah. So thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Remember, we do this every Tuesday and Wednesday night, so we'll be back tomorrow night, 7 p.m. Eastern, with a new topic as well. Thank you, everybody. For tuning in. Thanks, Nick. Thanks, Jose. And we'll see you tomorrow, 7 p.m. Eastern, for the next episode of the Loan Officer Training Series with the Mortgage Calculator. Good night, everyone. Thank you.
Loan officers, join the mortgage calculator as an MLO for unlimited mortgage leads and up to 250 BPS compensation.